You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. I'm your host, your pal, and the kid copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. You can send me an email at LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can join our wonderful growing Discord community if you are into that. Link for that is in the show notes. And today, we're going to talk about some free agents. Last week, we talked a little bit about some salary cap stuff. We talked about uh, maybe some of the restructures and extensions the Vikings could do to relieve some of their cap pressure for 2021 while getting some other things taken care of, like ensuring Harrison Smith retires a Viking and ensuring that Daniel Hunter is happy in Minnesota. For details, you can go listen to those shows, but if you don't have time or whatever, uh, basically, we extended both of those players. We did a little restructure on Anthony Barr's contract, just turned some salary into signing bonus, and we also made some decisions, kind of in like a mock offseason setting, about what we would do with players like Shamar Stefan and Kyle Rudolph, a couple of those players, and uh, Riley Reef. I'm kind of doing this, you know, this would be the my dream offseason thing, and in my dream offseason, the Vikings find a great trade partner and get a whole bunch of stuff back for Riley Reef. so we kind of said, well, what if they trade Riley Reef? How would things work out. So that put us into a situation where the Vikings have a bunch of needs and actually a decent amount of, of cap space. And of course, we also are planning a couple of moves that won't happen yet, but you're going to earmark away the money for it. Uh, there is a Brian O'Neill extension that would probably come this summer. So you're going to uh, set aside a little money for that. That didn't actually increase his 2021 cap hit very much. Most of the money comes in later, but it's still worth planning around and also planning out a uh, Kirk Cousins extension that you would do in 2022 or or you could decide to trade him, which would actually save more money in 2022. But I went with the extension because it felt like it was more of a responsible thing to plan around because uh, we're not doing it right now. We're just planning to do it later and we can always renege on that or whatever. But I, that's kind of what I did for uh, just for the sake of planning 2022 and 2023 cap, which would be pretty heavily affected by a decision like that. Um, but, you know, we're not closing off either option by any stretch of the imagination. So that puts us in a situation where the Vikings have, depending on what the cap is, I'm kind of still going between 180 and 185 million, which is the cap going down for the first time in forever, thanks to COVID and the, the hit in revenue that the league took with no ticket sales and all that stuff. So the, the cap goes down a little bit somewhere between 180 and 185. Right now, overthecap.com is working with a 185 cap. Um, but I basically am kind of saying you have somewhere between 18 and 23 million dollars in salary cap space in 2021 and like raw salary cap space. Now, functionally, you have a little bit less than that because you have to set aside a little bit for a contingency to sign your draft class, to sign players that I'm not worrying about talking about and contingency in season and all that kind of stuff. And we'll just kind of call it a miscellaneous category of things you might have to pay for. And we're going to set aside $10 million to deal with all of that stuff, which gives us between eight and $13 million to go sign free agents. Now we've created some holes with all of these moves, right? There's no Riley Reef. We didn't resign Anthony Harris. We didn't resign, say a backup quarterback. We 
kind of let a lot of those players go. Uh, we did bring back Ifadi Odenabo and also a couple of depth players, Chris Jones and Todd Davis. And so that gives us a whole bunch of needs. The needs that we have right now, we need two offensive linemen. We only have three viable starting offensive linemen on the roster with this particular uh, simulation. Those are Brian O'Neill, Garrett Bradbury, and Ezra Cleveland, who probably moves back, back to left tackle in this world. So probably two guards, although you could technically get away with like picking a tackle and moving Ezra Cleveland the guard or whatever. If that's the way that things shook out, there are situations where that's the optimal choice. But we'll kind of go for two guards uh, and also you need a safety a three technique defensive tackle because we got rid of Shamar Stefan. kind of want an edge rusher I don't know if you need an edge rusher because Afadio Denebo is coming back you have DJ Wanham rotating we've fixed the Daniel Hunter situation that's a decent group you could add to it for sure but we'll call that a want and not a need I think like wide receiver that's a want but not like a need it wouldn't be like malpractice to you know just trot out two receivers all the time again in the same way it would be like malpractice to put like Kyle Hinton out there at guard or whatever um, of course you know you want to to improve on that, but it's not something where it's like, this is not a real NFL team unless we fix this problem. Like it is, you know, at safety, it would be like Josh Metellus. I think there's a difference between those situations. And of course, we need a backup quarterback as well. And I'm going to get into uh, talking about kind of what I would do. Now we're going to look at some free agents. I have some players that I've targeted for those roles. And I figure with the money we have left over with that eight to 13 million, you're not going to fill all of those roles, right? But you basically want to go into a world where in the draft, you only have one or two super dire needs and everything else is wants, right? If you go into the draft with only wants, that means you can go get an edge rusher, right? You can go get something really fun on defensive line. You can go get a weapon, get a, a really fun, uh, you know, gadget wide receiver or an outside, you know, deep burner wide receiver or something like that. Do that in the draft because you don't have to spend those picks on dire needs like getting a guard. I think that's a better situation. Let's So let's see what we can't set ourselves up with. But before I get into that, real quick, there's actually a little bit of Vikings news to talk about. It's small stuff, but nothing too small for a daily show, right? The Vikings signed a kicker. Greg Joseph has uh, some experience all over a whole bunch of teams, including in the XFL, most recently with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's been like okay. He's had some extra point issues. He hasn't been perfectly accurate. He's just sort of a guy. He's a random one. Um, they guaranteed a little bit of his contract, which is really interesting because Dan Bailey's contract fully guarantees on March 19th. And that's like, I, I think like a $1.8, $1.9 million uh, chunk of money that the Vikings could save if they cut Dan Bailey between the start of the new league year on the 17th and the 19th. So they have a chance to cut Dan Bailey and save a little bit of money if they're just going with Greg Joseph. If they don't, then they just have like a lot of guaranteed money in the kicker position, which is really inefficient, but then they would probably have a competition they feel pretty good about, so they would spend a lot, but they would probably feel pretty secure at that position, and then it's a question of whether or not it's worth it. Personally, I don't think it is. Um, I, maybe you could restructure, do something, you know, cut him, let him walk, but then maybe you sign him back later or something like that, but at like a cheaper price tag uh, if nobody else takes him. It'll be interesting to see what they actually do there. I don't think they're going to anoint Greg Joseph with the job over like $2 million of cap space. Like if nothing else, they let Dan Bailey walk and they bring in somebody else. But again, if you let Dan Bailey walk and bring him back or bring in somebody else, you're like cutting your savings even more because you have to sign him to a brand new deal. Or you just let it all guarantee. And in the situation where Greg Joseph is good and Dan Bailey is bad and you want to cut Dan Bailey, yeah, you take a little bit of an inefficient cap hit there, but at least you've covered your bases and you're not just like forced into starting a kicker that's like too old or broken or whatever they you know would be wrong with Dan Bailey. So we'll see how all of that plays out. Um, but for the rest of this show, let's talk about free agents. There's a lot of different options out there in free agency, a lot of uh, pending people, a lot of people who might not actually ultimately hit free agency, people who might be re-signed or whatever. I'm not going to worry about that right now, but there's a lot of options, and sometimes those options can get confusing. 
kind of like when you're buying car parts. There's a lot of different makes and models and uh, different brands and stuff out there, and you don't know if that's going to be compatible with your car or not unless you do a whole bunch of research. But what if you didn't want to deal with it? And you can just let Rock Auto do all that for you. They have an awesome catalog of all the car parts that your car will ever need. Anything you would get at a brick-and-mortar auto shop, all cataloged out for you. Enter your make, your year, and your model, and it'll just sort right through to the parts that are compatible with your car. And because they aren't a brick-and-mortar auto shop, that means that they're not giving you two separate prices depending on if you're a walk-in retail customer, which they mark up the prices for, or like a, a wholesale mechanic. Everybody gets the same price, which means you get to save a buck. So head on over to rockauto.com and at checkout, make sure you let them know that Lockdown sent you. If you don't, I'm going to have to learn how to kick and try out for the Vikings job. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We got you covered here on everything Minnesota Vikings, but what about the rest of the world of sports? That is what Locked On Today is for. Every morning, 20 minutes or less, Peter Bukowski will take you through all the big headlines featuring analysis from all of our local experts. That's the Locked On Today podcast. Go check it out wherever you find your favorite shows. So let's talk about how we're going to fill some of the needs the Vikings are dealing with. And I have some players that I've picked out, but like I kind of hinted at earlier, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat here. If you maybe think you have a guard that you like better than the one I'm suggesting, that is totally fine. I also, quick disclaimer, I'm using over the caps calculator for all of this, and I'm also using over the caps valuations for all of this for what these players should uh, actually cost. And that's how I'm using my price points, not like my guess for how much they're going to cost, because I don't think there's a lot of value in that. I don't think I'd be very good at guessing that, so I'm letting over the cap kind of do it for me. So obviously the most glaring thing here is offensive line. Right now we've gotten rid of Riley Reef. We have uh, Ezra Cleveland presumably starting at left tackle, though that's flexible. You have nobody at guard. Literally there's no left guard on the books that is like naturally a left guard in the real world. Uh, there's Kyle Hinton. I'm pretty sure he played uh, right guard and like he might not even be rosterable. Uh, yeah, there's Blake Brandle. He played tackle. And then you've got a bunch of players like uh, Ezra Cleveland. He should be a left tackle. Brett Jones currently not projected to be on the 2021 roster that have to re-sign him. They lost Aviant Collins. He went to the, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, and even he was a tackle that moved into left guard. So they don't have a single left guard that like plays left guard. So I would offer that you need one of those. You got Bradbury at center, similar problem at right guard. You you could bring out like Kyle Hinton, but I think that would be malpractice. Uh, and then, of course, Brian O'Neill at right tackle. So we need a couple of guards. So let's start with the left guard position. And I'm actually going to go to the bargain bin for this one. And there's been a lot of questions in mailbags and stuff about bargain bin guards. This guy is going to be my answer to those questions. It's Max Garcia. He played for Arizona and he did not have a great uh, year in relief in 2020. He only played a few games, um, but he really wasn't like that good of a guard, at least according to PFF. His grades were really poor. His grades were a lot better in previous years in Denver under some coaches you might be familiar with, like Rick Dennison and Brian Periani and that whole Kubiak clan, even in 2016 when Kubiak himself was there. But otherwise, it's the same scheme and a much better fit. And it seemed like he really thrived there. So he's kind of coming off of the valley. We're, we're buying the dip, if you will, if you got really into stocks in the last couple of weeks. We are, we're, we're buying low here on a guy, and it's a little bit of a risky move, but I think he's somebody that could at least play at a below average starting level, which for his OTC valuation at $1.75 million a year, 
I think that's a really, really good deal, and I think there's a decent enough chance that he improves to be better than that, that I would really like this move. I think Max Garcia would be a good free agent guard to go get. He won't break the bank or anything. He'd be a good fit, and uh, I I think he'd be able to give you at least better play than Dakota Dozier, right? Um, So we're doing that, and then at right guard, we're going to go for a uh, Bill... Bills player, they, they're they losing a couple of right guards. They had uh, two right guards because of injuries, so they kind of had people split the snaps with Brian Winters John Feliciano. We're going to go with John Feliciano, who I think can do a lot of the zone blocking things. He, he blocked really well for uh, or he he ran bl- run blocked pretty well for the Buffalo Bills. He didn't pass block all that well, but it wasn't so bad that it was like a disaster. Uh, and again, he's not going to break the, break the bank. So I'm going to give him a two year six million dollar contract. That's three million a year. So for under five million dollars, we've gotten a couple of guards. If we get more in the draft and we get some competition for these guys, that's awesome. But now if we don't, it's not we're not going to have to start picking up our pitchforks and our torches. Um, I, I think that I, I don't know how I feel about that line, like being an elite unit or anything like that. I, I don't even know if I would call it fixed in this scenario, but it didn't break the bank. We didn't overspend at guard. Um, and we got two new players that I think are scheme fits that work that don't need to be like integrated into the NFL. And I think crucially, we got players that play damn guard. This is a problem that I've had. And I might do a whole show on this someday with the, the problem with the Vikings offensive line philosophy. And I think it's twofold. For one, I think they just don't really respect the transitional cost of changing positions along the offensive line. They treat it like it's free to go from right tackle to left guard and move him to center and then out to tackle again. They they see that as free. And I don't think any offensive line, or at least the way that they behave, is as though that is a costless move. Um, and, and it just clearly isn't. They haven't had a left guard play left guard for a, like a while. It's always been a converted tackle or a center moving out there or something like that, like with Elf Line. So it's been, I think that's something that like annoys me a lot that I think has contributed to a lot of the offensive line problems. But I don't think you can explain it all with just that because the other problem is that they go with uh, a, a lot of big time athletes rather than people who can play. I think they're really, really big victims of of he's good but or he's bad but, which as we'll talk about some of my my draft bylaws when we get closer to the draft, but one of them is if a player is good, he's good. And if he's good, but comma, maybe there's this little exception, but I say that stuff almost always ends up overrated. Um, Look at Cameron Dantzler, right? He's good at corner, but he's so skinny. And maybe there'll be some health issues, but I don't think we're going to be upset with that draft pick at all. And I think for the offensive line, there's been a lot of like, well, he's bad, but he's so athletic and he ran such a good three cone and he had such a good broad jump. And those are the things that translate. And it's like, that's a decent argument, but he's bad. And that's the first thing. He's bad, but you're putting more weight in into some other crap than how good he actually is at football. And I think the Vikings do that with a lot of positions, and I think it works at a lot of positions. I like that philosophy, not that he's good, but but I like that, you know, let's go get a jock and see if we can teach him how to play. I love that at edge rusher. You know, I, I love that even at, at like certain skill positions or with defensive backs. You know, you got Mike Zimmer, he can coach these guys up. Now you've got uh, Carl Scott. I'm so sorry, I called him Chris Scott on Monday when I talked about it. <laughs> My bad there. Um, but, you know, you have him coaching these kids up. So I think you can like go get just this crazy athlete and see if you can't coach him up. I don't think that works nearly as well on the offensive line where it is kind of a a position that's defined by your mistakes. A highlight block is the same as an ugly win in terms of the actual effect on the play. If you win, you win, whether or not it was pretty. And if you lost, you lost. 
And it kind of depends on how often that stuff happens. And I feel like the Vikings sort of miss the forest for the trees looking for athletes. This way, they're getting players who I think can play. And you're still getting a little bit of, yeah, he was bad, but it was a scheme thing, right? And, and I am a little bit concerned about that. But I think that can go a long way toward at least making the offensive line not the headline of the team anymore. Though I would argue the defense was more the headline of the team in 2020. A lot of those things are going to work themselves out naturally. And we're going to talk about the defense in just a second. But maybe you think you can make some smarter bets than the Vikings. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football's over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. Even MMA and stuff, if you're into that. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, like the Bachelorette and stuff, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So just head over to the website, betonline.ag, or even just use your mobile device to sign up. It's a free account. If you use the promo code Locked On when you do your first deposit, you get a 50% welcome bonus. That means if you deposit 500 bucks, you'll have 750 to play with. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, I'm still in free agency and cat mode here on this show, but if you are really wanting to get more into the draft, and I'll catch up to you eventually. But in the meantime, you should go head over to the Locked On NFL podcast on Wednesdays, where Tony Wiggins and James Rapian are joined every week by a Locked On draft expert from the Locked On Network to talk about the prospects in the upcoming draft and some of the young, fresh NFL players in the league, like, you know, Justin Jefferson or Cameron Dantzler. You can familiarize yourself with all of the offensive linemen coming up in the draft or whatever it is that you want at Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts. So we still have a lot of work to do here, and we've only spent a little over $4 million of the 8 to $13 million. I'm going to kind of just try to land somewhere in that range that we've kind of set aside to actually do free agency stuff. And remember, we've already done contingency. We've, we've set aside money for our draft class. We've set aside money for like Brian O'Neill and stuff like that. So this is money we do, we can like freely go spend. And as another quick aside, I also understand that the Vikings have already kind of made all these decisions uh, like two years ago, right? Like they knew what money they would have available in free agency and stuff, and they knew kind of what what they generally were going to be working with. So they already have known all this stuff and have for a while, and they probably know what they're targeting. And that decision might have been different a year or two ago than the one that I'm making, and I'm doing this a little bit more on the fly, so it'll come up with a different thing. That's okay. But right now, there is a glaring hole, and I think it's the only one that's like would-be malpractice if they didn't uh, fill it that's left right now, if they didn't fill it before the draft, that's at safety, where you would just be at a point where you have to take a safety, and otherwise Josh Metellus is playing, and I don't think the Vikings want that. They didn't even roster him last year. So we gotta go find a safety, and the nice thing about the safety market is that it tends to deflate more than we think, and it tends to always happen a little later than we think. Uh, There's always a couple of safeties left after the draft, but let's not wait for that. There is a guy that I'm a little bit interested in here. You see, the 49ers have about 13 million uh, projected in cap space in 2021, and they have a lot of work to do. They have a lot of very interesting pending free agents like Kyle Juszczyk, Solomon Thomas, Trent Williams, Richard Sherman, and Jaquiski Tart, their safety. And he's a very all-around safety. He would very much be, that's the kind, like like uh, Mike Zimmer values versatility a lot in safeties because he wants to be able to place them kind of wherever he can in the coverage to allow him to vary those coverages and make life harder for quarterbacks. That would really enable him. And I, I really like Jaquiski Tart. As a player, uh, over the cap has valued him at about $6 million, so we're going to eat quite a lot into our budget here for Jaquiski Tart, but I think that's worth it. Coverage matters, and I think safeties matter a lot, especially to Mike Zimmer's defense, Um, and and I think he might actually hit the market with what San Francisco 
has to deal with. I mean, if I were San Francisco, I would probably lock him up first because everybody else is old. But if he does hit the market and if the Vikings don't uh, go with with Anthony Harris, I think Jake Whiskey Tart could be a really interesting name. Although I still don't think Anthony Harris like leaving to free agency and ending and ending up like returning to the Vikings after all. I don't think that whole thing is, is out of the cards at all. And it kind of just depends on what that actual price point would be. So for now, let's pencil in Jake Whiskey Tart at six million dollars. Uh, for whatever it's worth, over the cap actually valued Anthony Harris similarly here, and maybe that's the contract he gets anyways. We'll see what happens there. But that uh, solves three of our kind of big dire needs. We still need a three technique really bad, and we still need a backup quarterback. I let Sean Mannion walk, and I kind of view backup quarterback as a starting job all its own because it's so important. Um, and I'm not too interested in Sean Mannion. I get the whole thing that he's like a, kind of an extra coach in the room and that that teams do give their backup quarterback, no matter who it is, pretty much all the teams give that guy, uh, a, you know, like game planning and kind of strategic responsibilities and being good at those responsibilities is valuable. Um, but I want a better insurance policy. So let's see what we can do. The thing is, I'm not going to spend more on it. Um, I think a $1 million backup quarterback can be fine. And there's like a hundred names that that could be. I went with Blaine Gabbert, but like, I don't know, pick your favorite. <laughs> so that leaves us going into the draft, needing a three technique pretty badly and wanting things like a skill player or maybe some competition at guard for the guys we picked up, uh, especially Max Garcia, who you might not have a thousand percent trust in uh, an edge rusher or something like that. And you have a lot of wants there. And that kind of gives you an, the ability to go somewhere. And even if you don't get a three technique, Here's kind of where I'm at because we, we cut Shamar Stefan, right? So that means that the starting three technique would be Armin Watts. And there's a lot of people who would actually be pretty okay with that. I think I'm one of them. I, I, I might be higher on Armin Watts than a lot of people are. Um, I, I'm not as high on him now as I was around this time last year. I was really high on him because he had such a good game uh, until he got hurt in that week 17 game against the Bears. And he, I thought he was really coming along and he could have done something. I don't think he paid that off quite well enough, but maybe surrounded uh, you know, by Daniel Hunter and being able to be a little bit more uh, aggressive because double teams are kind of being deployed elsewhere with like Michael Pierce next to him. Maybe he could be something else like that. And that wouldn't be like a malpractice catastrophe. I'm using malpractice a lot. I don't know. That's the word that I've assigned to this. Um, like it wouldn't be an absolute disaster in the same way that Dakota Dozier was an absolute disaster. Dakota Dozier was malpractice. That was a policy failure. Uh, and I think like Kyle Hinton would be the same thing. So we got rid of that possibility, right? We got rid of the idea that they just sort of trot out plan a a guy that can't play football i don't think that applies to armin watts in the same way that it would apply to somebody like you know kyle hinton sixth round pick who might not or seventh round pick that might never come along at all and after all this we're again we're doing back of the envelope here we've got about eight million dollars left over for random nonsense so even with a 180 million dollar cap which it sounds like according to the reports it's not going to get lower than that it could go all the way down to 175 that's like the real floor but it sounds like that's not going to happen which is nice um that would be we, we would still be set and okay. We'd be able to sign our draft class. We'd kind of be up against it. It might be a little bit hairy in the season. And here's the thing that I don't like about this plan that I came up with. I did my best, but if I'm going to kind of uh, grade myself here, I don't think I made the Vikings better. I made them cheaper. And that's not necessarily the goal here. Um, I mean, I think I made the offensive line better because I think replacing Dakota Dozier with Max Garcia would be a, a plus move. Uh, but I think moving Ezra Cleveland out, I don't know if Ezra Cleveland would be better than Riley Reef. He certainly could be, but I'm 
I'm not confident enough in that to call it like a positive move. Um, although I do think John Feliciano would be better than Ezra Cleveland was at right guard. So I think the offensive line on the whole at least treaded water, maybe got a little bit better. I don't think it got better at safety. I don't think Tart is better than Anthony Harris in a vacuum. Um, and I don't know if I got better at backup quarterback. I put like Blaine Gabbard or whoever, right? But I don't know, maybe he's better than Sean Mannion. I don't really have a, like a strong take on that one way or another. And I still am probably worse off on the interior of the defensive line that I was before were it not for Michael Pierce coming back, which is going to happen no matter what I do. So like that doesn't really reflect on me if they do get better because of Michael Pierce. So I don't know if I made the Vikings on the whole better. Um, I made at least the offensive line better. We still desperately need a cornerback because right now I've got Mike Hughes penciled in as a starter, and I don't even know if he's ever going to take a football field again with his neck injuries. So that's obviously a huge problem. They need a cornerback pretty bad. There's a couple that I like in the first round, actually. So you're going into the draft desperately needing a corner and desperately needing a three technique, unless I'm wrong about Mike Hughes's medicals, and then you only desperately need a three technique. That's not awful. There's definitely teams that go into the draft with worse needs, um, but I don't know if I'm like particularly thrilled with the uh, the simulation that I've come up with over this whole time. I, I think I liked my version of it last year better, although that turned out to be way too optimistic. I think I had players signing here for way less than they actually ended up signing for. But what'll be fun is to compare this to what the Vikings actually end up doing. And when we get deeper into mock draft season, uh, I'll probably take this exercise again and say, okay, in this world, what kind of draft would we have? Let's do a mock draft with it. That might be an exercise we do a little later if we can find the time. But at the very least, I think I got them out from under a lot of their other problems. You know, fixing the Daniel Hunter thing is huge, getting them under the cap, setting up their cap a little bit better in 2022 and 2023 which we talked about in a previous episode. I think that stuff's also really important. So yeah, there's pros and cons. And I think overall, I, I would take that offseason and head into the draft with, you know, a first, we'll call it a second from Riley Reef, a whole bunch of third and fourth round picks and see if you can't get a couple of those holes plugged up. So tomorrow we're going to keep talking about this. I'm going to keep doing some mock offseason stuff with this same kind of cap setup, but we're going to do a couple of other exercises. We're going to do a, the, uh, you know, what if you just tried to keep everything as con continuous as possible? How do you change the least possible things, but still get under the cap and still kind of improve your team in the ways that it has to be? And what if what about the exact opposite, the blow it all up situation where we get rid of Cousins, we trade them to the 49ers or whatever, we get a new quarterback, what's the best we can do there? Those are going to be some mock-off seasons we'll kind of take the same approach to, but we'll have a little bit of fun with it, because, you know, why not? Today's episode of Locked On Vikings is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is in an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL. You can find the show on Twitter at LockedOnVikings, and I'll see y'all tomorrow. And as always, Skull.